I've titled the message today, Living in Breakthrough. And what I mean by that is that we can live with God pouring His Spirit out in our lives and that everything that tries to hinder us is removed and we're living in the breakthrough and we take the kingdom of God and advance. And wherever we go, we're bringing that breakthrough presence of Jesus into the lives of other people. Amen? How many of that, does that sound like a good idea? Amen? Okay. Well, let's look at this passage and talk about living in breakthrough. Verse 40, this is kind of interesting. I want to just touch on this for a second. In verse uh, 41 to 42, there's a shift. In the first uh, 41 verses of Acts chapter 2, it all takes place within a matter of a few hours. But Bible scholars agree that in verse 42, there's a shift. And instead of talking about what happened in a few hours, he begins under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Luke begins to talk about things that took place in years. And so let's read this passage and let the Lord just speak to our hearts today. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, in every way, the first two chapters of Acts are considered a breakthrough. There was a spiritual breakthrough in the lives of the believers. And that breakthrough life is what God desires for you today. Amen? And if you don't receive anything else today, receive that. That God is a God of breakthrough that will give you a breakthrough in any area of your life where the enemy is trying to hold you down and stop you and push you back from achieving all that God has for you. Amen? Now there's three things I want us to think about in this passage. First of all, knowledge, motivation, and manifestation. Because... People think about knowledge and motivation as being spiritual. Some people think that's, that's all that church is, or that's all that being spiritual is about. It's about, you know, being motivated. And they think that a pastor is simply a motivational speaker. That he says things that are going to encourage you to achieve more and to do better to accomplish greater things. Well, church, I want to assure you that I am not just a motivational speaker. 
Because God transformed my heart and my life. He gave me breakthrough in areas where I was stuck. He opened the doors. And, and, it, and from then on, I've continued to go forward in the things of God. And the breakthrough that God brought in my life, I want you to experience that same breakthrough. But I will say this, church. I wouldn't want to go to a church that wasn't motivating me. Part of being spiritual is being motivated. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. In fact, I think I've got a... Tyler, do we have a little video of some... No, oh, oh, he just gave me the thumbs down. I'm so disappointed. I had a, I had a, view, a video of uh, someone who is very inspired and... It was, it was funny, so I'm sorry. Maybe one year they'll get that together and be able to do it. One time I was in, <laughs> in church and I was accused of being a cheerleader. That, that, they came to the pastor that, you know, that I was actually interviewing and they were looking to see if they wanted me to be their pastor. And several of the people came up to the the church elders or deacons and and they went to my current pastor that I was under and they said he, he's a cheerleader and it really hurt me and wounded me for a, for a bit and then God said Milt my people need cheerleaders <laughs> amen our team wins because of Jesus amen we have breakthrough in life no matter what we face God is greater and he gives us a breakthrough yes. and I want to be a cheerleader I want to motivate you I want to inspire you to grow in the things of God and accomplish all that God has for you to be all that God has for you to achieve and to be so motivation is a part of it but that's not all that spirituality is also some people think that it's just knowledge they think just studying that just reading God's Word and just studying and church there again that is a part of our spiritual walk but that's not the essence of all that it is amen I love God's Word my grandfather lived that out in in my life I my parents went through a divorce when I was three so I grew up in my grandfather's house and I saw him at 88 years old, get up every morning, go into his study, to his den, and study the Word of God. And God was still speaking to him, still enabling him to grow and mature in the things of God. Church, we never arrive this side of glory. Amen? There's always fresh revelation. There's always something new that the Lord wants to do in our lives and show us to gain. Why do we gain knowledge? Is it so that we can walk around prideful with our head up and think that I'm a know-it-all no he wants us to learn and to mature in our knowledge of the word of God so that we can minister to others amen so that there won't be heresy that creeps into the church so that when someone is preaching or teaching and they say something that doesn't line up with scripture we immediately recognize that Amen? So the church stays pure, 
holy and righteous in its teaching. So God wants us to be people that have knowledge and, and, and desire to grow and mature and, and also to be motivated, to be excited about God, to be excited about church. Yes. Amen? You, you guys haven't got that video ready, have you? <laughs> I'm going to give you to the end of my message. For many, <laughs> but for many people, they, they get stuck either in the knowledge or the inspiration and motivation, and they never go to the next step, which is manifestation or incarnation. In other words, I don't want to just know the Word of God. I want to minister the Word of God. I want the Word of God to transform my life. I want people to see me and say, why is he always so happy? Why is he always so excited? It's because I know Jesus and it's about what Jesus did in my life. I know I'm going to heaven one day and no matter what I face in this life, I'm going to overcome it because Jesus is there with me. He's, he's the one that the battle belongs to him. And he's the one that breaks open all the hindrances that I face. I, I want us to look at several things in this passage today. First of all, look at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I love that. First of all, it says they continued steadfastly. One translation actually says they devoted themselves for life. Church, a walk with God isn't something that you decide, hey, I think this year I'm going to be a Christian. You devote yourself to life, to the Lord and to, to His will and His way in your life. So let's look at verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So they were teachable. They, they sat in the, in the student seat, so to speak. They wanted to learn. They wanted to grow. How many of you want to grow in your knowledge and understanding of God's Word? Yes, we should. And I, I told you about my grandfather a moment ago. He, he, uh, he earned a doctorate degree in Bible in ministry as a, as a pastor. He was a president of a Bible college for 13 years. He spent years and years before that teaching in the Bible college. He pioneered four churches. And I told you a while ago, he did all of these things for, in the kingdom of God to advance the kingdom of God. And he still never learned everything that God had in his scripture. I love that. You know, one of the first things I tell new pastors is, you don't know it all and don't pretend you do. You know, some pastors, you know, a young pastor, they get excited and I'm going to preach the word, I'm going to teach, I'm going to minister to the people and the, they love the people and, and they think they have to know every answer. I'll tell you right now, I don't know every answer. But I know the answer and it's Jesus. And if somebody asks me a question that I don't know, I'll research and I'll study and I'll, I'll do my best to come back and uh, help them understand a, a verse or a passage. But none of us know everything about Scripture. There's always something more that God wants to bring in revelation to us. 
And that's my prayer, that this year we will have a breakthrough in our revelation and understanding of the Word of God, that we will grow as a church, that we will mature in the things of God, and we will be able to minister to others. Amen? That's what it's about. I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to tell them about all the promises in His Word. I want them to know that this Word is life. Amen? And it'll transform their life. This speaks of the practical application of truth in your life. It's one thing to know what God's Word says here and then apply it in your life. Amen? You need to not only know what God's Word says and how His Word says to live, but say, Lord, help me to live that in my life. Church, we need to adjust our schedule to spend time with the Lord. If you're going to live in a breakthrough lifestyle, you're going to spend time and set aside a schedule and say, Lord, I'm going to spend this time reading your word. And when you read the word of God, you're going to say, Lord, give me revelation and understanding about this truth and then help me to apply it in my life. That's what what believers do, amen? The second thing, they were people who were willing to grow. And verse 42 says, fellowship. I want to break through in fellowship this year. One of the things I do as pastor uh, that I started a while back, if uh, we have someone new that comes to the church and uh, they come several times and it looks like they want to make this their home church, I try to take them out to eat just to get to know them, just to let them get to know Melinda and myself. And, and I love to do that. And, and I love to fellowship. In fact, I wish every Sunday after church, I could take all of you to Chepo's to dinner with me. I got a few amens on that. <laughs> but I want to encourage you. Let there be a breakthrough in your life in the area of fellowship this year. We need one another. I'm so thankful for the the crew up there, even though I tease them. I'm thankful that we stream all of our messages. And we we have people that watch from various places all around the world, not just here in Alaska. And so I'm thankful for that ministry. But everyone that that comes into the, the service and experiences the worship and the prayer and the praise and the word of God, they all come and tell me, you know, I watched you online, but it's, it's nothing compared to being in the house. There's something powerful about fellowship when we come together and we love on one another, we worship together. And, and so I just want to encourage you, you know, I know some people really like to watch on the live stream because they can come to church in their PJs. You know, they can sit in their recliner. And I, I, I know that for some, it, there's other reasons, and I'm thankful that they, they do tune in. But church, it doesn't compare to coming together and worshiping together, does it? There's something powerful about fellowshipping one, with one another. Look at verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. The word one accord there is the word homothumadon. I love that word. Because it means they were thinking the same 
but they were also engaging with passion. The, the thumus is, is the last part of the word, and that has to do with fire, temperature. So they weren't only thinking the same things, but they had a passion together. In church, we need a breakthrough in being one accord, that we're the body of Christ, amen? We're family, and you belong here. This may be your very first Sunday. And if it is, I want to welcome you and tell you we love you. We're honored to have you worship with us. But you belong with the family of God to grow and to mature. Amen? Look at uh, Proverbs 27, 17. I love this. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. There it is, right there. When, when we fellowship one with another, we have friendships. My friendship and your friendship, it, it enables us to grow and to mature and to be there for one another in difficult times, to help one another and to stand alongside one another. But it helps us that our countenance is going to be manifesting Jesus. Amen? Fellowship is more than showing up once or twice a week saying, I did my duty and I came to church. It's longing to truly be part of the family of God. To know that everyone in this church, you may not know them all in the same intimacy, but you know that they've got your back. Amen, you know that this church is a church that loves one another. We care about one another. We pray for one another. And we challenge one another to grow, to mature. So let's be people that have a breakthrough in our lives this year in the area of fellowship. Amen? Third, it says that there were people who regularly were breaking bread together. Verse 42. I like that. Most Bible scholars believe that that is referring to they were taking communion together. It also says they went house to house. So it was more than just, I think, just communion. And I love communion. And we have communion regularly, usually on the first Sunday of every month. And communion together with our family is powerful. Amen? First of all, it tells us that we identify with Christ. Amen. It's saying when we take communion together, it's saying we're on the Lord's side. We belong to Him. We surrender to Him. God is our King. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. It's also a table of victory that we come and we acknowledge we have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's also a time of examination. It's a time when we say, I belong to Jesus, but I'm still not perfect yet. And if there's an area in my life, Lord, I open up my life to you. Bring that dross to the surface. Amen. When the, when the refiner would, would refine the gold, he would turn up the heat so that the dross would come to the surface. The dross is the impurities. And then he would skim the impurities off of the, the, the top of the gold. And he knew that it was 
purified when He looked and He saw His reflection. And that's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He wants to see His reflection. Amen? He wants to skim off the dross. And, and another thing about the refiner is that he, he never turned the fire up too hot. That it would scorch the gold. He knew just how hot to make the fire to bring up the impurities. And that's the same thing with our Lord. Aren't you thankful for that? Church, when God deals with our hearts and he brings something up like that, it's not a time that, that we, we want to just beat ourselves up and be ashamed. I messed up. I did this. I did that. Why are you jumping? It's a time that we say, yes, Lord, I belong to you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Lord, take it away. Skim it off the top. Lord, I want people to see Jesus in me. Lord, I want to reflect Jesus wherever I go. Amen? So let's have a breakthrough in, in, a, in breaking bread together. And not only does it speak of communion, again, it talks about fellowship. The idea of breaking bread from house to house, coming together, acknowledging that, that we're family together. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, I told you I like to try to take new, new people into the church out to eat. I challenge you to do that once in a while. Get to know them. Get to know them. Tell them, tell them about yourself and welcome them into the church and make a new friend in Christ. Amen. Let's go on. Number four. The fourth trait we see in this where they had a breakthrough was in the area of prayer. Lord, bring us a breakthrough in prayer this year. I want, I want to be a pastor that prays more this year than I've ever spent time praying before. Because prayer brings breakthrough. Prayer is a lifestyle where you're ready and prepared for breakthrough. I, I like this passage, but it's also mentioned in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, the importance of prayer. It says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. That was the apostles. Continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's the most important thing for any pastor, any evangelist, any teacher. It's to spend prayer. And let, let me emphasize this, church. If it's going to succeed, there must be a foundation of prayer. You know, want to know why our church has grown and why the presence of the Lord has, has just blessed us and he's, he's done awesome things, saved people, healed people, delivered people? It's because we laid a foundation of prayer. And we still have that foundation of prayer. Oh, good. Okay, guys, let it go. He is excited. He is motivated. That's the way we should be as Christians. <laughs> Amen. That was my little grandson, Zeke, and I miss him really bad. And so I came across that today, and I thought, that's, that's a great little emphasis on being excited. You know, how many of you have ever been that excited to come to church? We should be. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. 
In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's one of my favorite scriptures in all of God's word. Prayer is powerful. You need, you need to have a, a breakthrough in your life. You pray. You lay the foundation of prayer. Whether it's for a church, whether it's for a business, whether it's for a family, whether it's for you as an individual, you need to lay a foundation of prayer to build upon that you can achieve all that God has for you. I've seen it time and time again in life after life. And that's why we continue to have Sunday night prayer. We have a devotion. We have some worship and praise. And then we have some individual prayer. And then we we. we split off into small groups with about four or five people, men with men, women with women, and we just say, hey, can you pray for this or pray for that? Prayer must be the foundation. They were living in breakthrough. I love that. Also in this passage where it speaks, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I need to touch on that. Most Christians struggle with thinking, well, a righteous man, that's, that's got to be the pastor or the deacons or the elders or, you know, it's not me. I still make mistakes. I still fail. I still have times I struggle. Church, you'll never be righteous because of your deeds. Your only righteousness comes from Jesus. Amen? And it's not talking about just men. It's not saying that just men are the prayer warriors. We have great, great prayer warriors in this church, and many of them are women. Amen? So the effective, fervent prayers. Your prayers are effective, and they're fervent. fervent. You're passionate about it, and they, they, they accomplish the plan and the purpose of God. I love that. Let's go on. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. All of us are called to prayer. In the early church, they didn't have a little section of people. Oh, we're the intercessors. We're the prayer warriors. We're, we, we're the prayer team. And I'm not saying that's, that's wrong. But what I'm saying is, Everybody is called to be people of prayer. Are you with me? They were all called to be people of prayer. And supplication, I like that idea. I, every time I see the word, I share this, but I want you to get this. Supplication has to do with knowing the promises of God and being determined and say, I'm going to continue to pray and believe God until that promise comes through in my life. Are you with me? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to say, well, it's just not God's will. This is God's will. God's will is given to us in the Word. Amen? And so if He's given you a promise, it's for you today. And that promise, you need to say, Lord, this is what your Word says, and that's what I need in my life. Lord, I'm going to continue to pray and believe you for that breakthrough in, in that area of my life. That's supplication, determination in prayer. Prayer will be a blessing to the church. As I mentioned earlier, prayer will keep heresy out of the church. 
help, help keep prayer, prayer will help keep heresy out of the church along with knowing the word. Prayer will also do more to bring a deep and lasting revival than anything else. I hear people all the time say, Lord, I want revival. I want revival. If you want revival, you'll be a person of prayer. Fifth, and I'm going to hurry. The fifth thing, they were people of mutual responsibility. In verse 44 and 45, it says, Now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now some have read that and they've taken that, that the early church was socialistic, that they were you know, setting up a communist nation. And that's not what it says. In fact, in the Greek, it says they were selling. It was a continuing selling. And what it was, they weren't selling everything and putting it into a big pile and just distributing it. What they were doing, when someone had a genuine need in the family, they were selling something and raising the funds to help that need. They weren't selling things that they had so that someone else didn't have to work. Ooh. That's not politically correct today. God's Word says if you don't work, you don't eat. And I'm not saying in the cases where someone's physically not able to work. You don't know that. But I'm talking about when someone is perfectly physically able to work, God says you need to work. But they were recognizing that there were certain needs in the body. They were recognizing that everything that they had was a blessing from God and it belonged to Him. So if they needed to sell something to help someone else who was in a dire situation, then they would, they would gladly do that so that they could help and bless. And that's what the church does. Amen? This week, I... I have given benevolence. We all the time we give our out of our food bank and we try to help those that we can. And that's being the church. But I want to I want to challenge you in one other area. I thank the Lord that that we tithe and we give missions offerings and we're helping in uh, Healy with Pastor uh, Barton and and Heather and we're thankful for for that and it's exciting to to see what God's doing there. We we Support missions around the world. But church, I want to ask you one other thing. Part of giving is also giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your talent, giving of your abilities. And church, to be honest, we need a breakthrough in that area. In fact, if you call some at your home church, then I want to challenge you. God created you distinct, unique, you have awesome gifts and abilities that he wants to use for his kingdom. So I'm going to tell you, get involved. Use those gifts for the Lord. Amen? And, and I, I, I appreciate and love everybody who is involved, but we always need help. And God's word calls us in that area as well. Number six, the final one. I want you to look at Verse 43 through 47. Then fear came upon every soul, 
And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. There were miracles of healing and salvation, and it also says signs and wonders. And that's all-inclusive of miracles that aren't listed there. Church, I'm ready for some miracles. How about you? I'm ready to live a life of breakthrough that experiences miracles, that sees miracles in the lives of people. Amen? That's what the early church experienced. They were living in breakthrough. In all these areas, God gave them a breakthrough. And they were advancing the kingdom of God. I love how this verse ends. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This last week, we had Monty Sears and Kelly. How many enjoyed Monty last week? He's he's an awesome friend of mine, and I'm thankful that they came. And What's interesting about their church, it's several thousand people, but he will tell you how they built that church, and it's simple. The Lord added to the church daily. They were witnessing. 80%, listen to this statistic because it's, it's unheard of in most churches, 80% of the people in his church family came to know Jesus in that church family. 80%. That's powerful. Church, we need a breakthrough. We need boldness to not be ashamed of Jesus and what He's done in our lives. We need... Of that holy boldness where we can say, you know, even if you don't feel comfortable in, in talking about the Lord to somebody, you can, you can invite them to church. Amen? I want to ask you, don't raise your hand, but when was the last time you invited someone to church? I guarantee you, if we have a breakthrough in our lives, In this area, this church would be filled in a year. It'd be filled and overflowing. And I love the fact that our young adults are are very good at that. They'll invite other young adults that don't know the Lord, that don't come to church, and they'll say, come on with me. And so I don't know about you, but that's one of my main prayers this year, Lord I want to be more fruitful in leading people to Jesus. I want to invite people to the Lord's house. Why? Because they belong. Because they need Jesus. It's not just about having more people in church. That's not it at all. It's about lives that need God. They need breakthrough. They're facing difficult things. They're they're living with hurts and wounds and brokenness. They've they've gone through divorce or separations or been hurt, lost their jobs and gone through other things. And people don't have the answer. This world doesn't have the answer, church. The only answer is Jesus, amen? Our Creator, our Savior, our Lord. He will come and give you a breakthrough in your life that will transform your life forever. 
That's why we need to have a heart for the lost. We need to have a breakthrough. Say, Lord. And I tell, I tell people that are, you know, they're, they're wondering about this Jesus thing. One of the things I, I commonly share with them, I, I tell them, I had a grandfather that was dying and he didn't know if there was a God. And he simply prayed, God, if there is a God, I want to know you before I die. I challenge him, just, just pray that sincerely. Jesus, if you are Lord, if you are God the Creator, then reveal that to me. Reveal yourself to me. And that's one of the common ways I pray for them. Lord, manifest your presence in their lives that they'll know without a doubt. I'll tell you, church, no one could ever tell me that Jesus isn't Lord. I know better. He's touched my life. He's changed my life. I've had places where I was being held and, and bound by the enemy, and Jesus gave me a breakthrough. <laughs> And my life has never been the same. And that's why I want to see other people experience breakthrough. And so that's why I say, Lord, let this be a breakthrough year. Amen. Worship team, would you come? In verse 43, it says, Then fear came upon every soul. This doesn't mean that the, the city or the people that encountered the Christians were scared of the Christians. It means that they were, they were recognizing the presence of God in their lives and what God was doing through them. And so they had an awe, a reverence for what God was doing. It wasn't natural, it was supernatural. And church, that's what I want. How about you? Lord, I don't want to just be inspired and excited to come to church. I don't want to just study your word to have head knowledge. I want them to come together that I experience the manifestation of Jesus Christ in my life where those that I meet will know there's something different about him. He's not just like everybody else I've encountered. There's something different and they'll want to know what it is. And I'll tell them it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Will you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you today for your word. Lord, I pray that we would truly experience a breakthrough. Because you are the God of breakthrough. Lord, some of us today may need a breakthrough in our marriage or in our family, in relationships, in our job, at school. Lord, some of us may need a breakthrough in the areas of something that's controlling our life. Something that we just can't seem to, to get away from no matter how hard we try, just draws us back in. And Lord, I pray that this would be a day of breakthrough. Lord, I pray 
that right now we would experience your touch, your tender, loving touch to bring breakthrough to our lives. And Lord, that we would have that mindset that we're going to live in breakthrough. We're going to live in breakthrough. Lord, that's my heart and my prayer today. In Jesus' name. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. And if you have a a need or you want to pray for someone else, you want to intercede, maybe you've got a friend, a family member, someone at at work that you want to lift up in prayer and come and, and agree with one of the members of our prayer team. We'll have people at the front. We'll have people at the back. If you have a need. And Pastor Todd, can you make sure we've got somebody up top? Thank you.